When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, guys, to Running It Straight here on SENZ, live on the radio, on the SENZ app, and on live on Facebook today for the first time, which is fantastic. Uh, Sam Hewitt sitting alongside Tony Kemp for your rugby league hour between now and 4 p.m. Uh, lots coming up in the next hour. We are going to continue our season preview going through each team. Uh, we're starting in number nine today from uh, from the ladder last year. So we went up from 16 through until 10. Uh, we're going from nine today. We've got another five teams to tick off before we finish it next week, last week before we head into the 2023 NRL season. Uh, we had the Warriors launch last night as well. Me and Kim are going to talk about that very, very shortly. Um, and the last round of trial games over the weekend, which included... Uh, St. Helens up in the north taking down the Penrith Panthers in the Club World Challenge, which is uh, yeah, a phenomenal result for them. But um, just to kick us off straight away, and by the way, bit of space uh, today. We, we've cleared the schedule of, of guests to, to just have a chat on Rugby League. So um, if you want to give us a call, 0800 150 happy to chat anything Rugby League with you, or you can text us on double eight double three. That is the Timber Bedpost text machine. But Kempe, uh, we were out at the Maritime Room uh, last night in uh, Princess Wharf for the, the Warriors season launch. All the players in attendance, uh, the, the CEO, uh, owner, etc. What did you sort of and make a, of... And a load of celebrities. And a load of A-class celebrities, including Tony Kemp, uh, who was on both the mic and the camera. Um, what, what, was it, what was the vibe like for you last night at, at a season launch? First time they've been able to do it in three years at, at home. Oh, look, I think uh, there was a, a hint of anticipation, but a, a little bit of energy in the room. Um, looking forward to, I guess, getting through this next two weeks in the season kickoff in Wellington against the Newcastle Knights. Everyone's just waiting to get down there and rip in, and, and the room felt like that. Um, one of the things I, I did notice, Sam, because the first time we've been up close and personal with all the players is how lean they were. Yeah. You know, so you couldn't really tell... There was a, if there was a big guy, you know, they all look pretty well stripped down. He's definitely done his work in the off-season, uh, Andrew Webster, and, and bringing his bigger blokes back to a, a reasonable weight because mm-hmm. uh, he obviously wants them to play longer longer periods of time. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I thought it was a really good night. There was a good turnout. There was a good turnout of people. Uh, Luke Fung uh, wrapped out a new song too with Kai Paul. And, um, yeah, I thought, I thought in all, having a chat to a number of them last night and getting some good socials for us here, obviously, uh, the spirit is very high in there at the moment. Yeah, the vibe was very, very good, very positive. I uh, heard from uh, Mark Robertson, we heard from Cam George, heard from a couple of the players as well. Uh, you're right, too, when they lined up on the stage... Um, they brought the whole team up on stage. I thought the exact same thing. I thought, man, these guys are looking they're looking lean and fit, you know, which is great. So uh, we just hope that, and this is what Andrew Webster did say, that what they've done here in the preseason, the trials, does carry on into the season. That the preseason is so important, um, isn't it, for, for sort of whipping you into shape so that you're ready to go come round one. Can't start slow. Yep, that's, and, you know, that's why a number of players didn't play in the Indigenous Māori game. Um, and you have a look at it when, obviously, all the boys from the World Cup came back. They came back two weeks after Christmas, so they're a little bit behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. And I thought when you're talking to St. Helens and Penrith, that played a little bit into St. Helens' hands. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's a really good sign. They, you know, the, the rule changes that they continually make to speed the game up, I don't know when or how long before they have to say enough's enough. Like, we can't 
we can't make it a small man's game. There, there needs to be a place for a big man. Yeah, you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. I'm really interested interested to see how well that new 10 meter rule goes. How they're going to police it. Obviously, they didn't really need to police it when the Warriors played uh, Melbourne on the weekend down in, in Christchurch because mm. none of them could hold the ball that long. <laughs> um, yeah, but all in all, I think yeah, he's had a real good look at the team. Andrew Webster. Uh, pretty unfortunate about Metcalf's hamstring. Yeah, uh, out for eight weeks. So I had a good chat to him last night as well. Good kid, like real good kid. He reminded me of a lot of of really good young professionals in my day um, that you knew were going to kick on. Mm. You know, he just said the right thing. He was really focused. Uh, and as we saw in that game against West Tigers, he's got some speed too, which is really important around the halfbacks. Yeah, really exciting and yeah, disappointing, like you said, that he's uh, that he is going to face some time on the sidelines. Uh, one person he did catch up with last night, amongst many, uh, was Marcelo Montoya, and he had a little uh, a good little chat to him. Um, it was, of course, in the middle of a uh, of a season launch, so you'll have to excuse the background champagne clinks and uh, glass clinks and all the chatter. But uh, you had a chat with Marcelo, uh, Marcelo Montoya. We thought we'd bring it to uh, to the audience here on Running It Straight. Man in the Warriors, gotta say that, bro. You're not the biggest man, but where does all that anger come from? I wouldn't say that, uh, the angriest man, but I'd say um, probably the most uh, the most energy, I reckon. But um, I don't know. Um, I guess growing up in a family of uh, three three older brothers, and being the youngest, it was always um, a challenge on who was going to run straight and who was going to feed me. So I guess growing up in a family like that is maybe who I am today. So oh, you, you, you're in a, you're right about your energy and the, the way that you you attack everything at 100 miles an hour. I love that. Mate, what do you what do you like? Do you think there's another energy that's been brought in this year that's going to join you in doing what you do quite well? Oh, for sure. I think um, I think like like every NRL player or any rugby league player, you want to improve every year. And, and you know, it's been a tough preseason, but I think you know, I put my best foot forward, and it's probably been one of my best preseasons. So I'm definitely looking forward to the year and the squad we have and what we can do. So yeah, I'm very excited and I'm very confident. So yeah, looking forward to um, next Friday. Mate, tell me a little bit about like our, our listeners. I'm trying to give people an insight into the minds of footballers. Back in the old days when I was playing, the banter was quite robust. Yeah. Like, what's the banter like in the modern day football? Oh, the banter's still there for sure. Um, obviously, now there's a lot of young boys coming through, and I know when I came through, I wasn't as young as some of the boys coming through. So, when I came through, it was a bit, it was more, it was probably a bit more old school in terms of like the older boys and earning your respect kind of thing. And now it's a bit different. I mean, you got to nurture some of these young boys and kind of show them the ropes and teach them the right way I guess but at the same time uh, be stern as well and obviously you know like they've got to I wouldn't say earn the respect but obviously you know respect isn't given but it's it's obviously earned over doing doing things properly and and showing respect back as well but um, yeah I think the band is still there the boys are always trying to laugh and the boys are always spraying each other so the band is always healthy <laughs> Just tell me, tell me, talk to me a little bit about Metcalf and Tamari Martin. Three yeah. tries out there on the left edge. Yeah. Uh, bit of depth of the halves. You excited about those guys possibly getting a shot this year? Yeah, for sure. Uh, like you said, it was only a trial, but uh, but in saying that, I thought the boys played really well. I thought they had a good combination there. You know, Luke, a bit unfortunate with his hamstring injury, but you know, we'll definitely get a run this year at some stage, but... Yeah, I thought they combined really, really well, and I thought you know their um, 
the connection around the ruck there and, and when they wanted the ball and when Luke wanted the ball, they were just always moving off the ball. So, um, yeah, it's, like I said before, it's exciting times. Marcelo, you, 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 take, you strike me as a pretty honest guy. So let's talk defence, OK? Yeah. And the defence on the edges has been a bit sort of off yeah. in the last couple of years. Um, what do you say to the players around you about how you how you strengthen that with your voice on the wing? Yeah, I mean, as you know, you've been around footy for a long time, so you understand how defence works. But I feel like sometimes you can have systems and structures in place, but if you're not communicating under pressure, then then it'll fall apart. And that's what that's what footy is, you know, under pressure. You got to make certain decisions and make make sometimes decisions that you know you, you like you win a game potentially or lose a game. So it's they've been on the wing. Nowadays, it's you pretty much can make that happen or make it not happen. So you can win us a game or lose us a game, I guess, in defense. So it's, man, it's crucial. It's, it's massive. It's very important. So talk is massive, and I'm always trying to drive that communication, but not not just driving noise. I want to be making sure I'm driving, um, I guess, constructive communication, not just screaming for the sake of screaming. I'm making sure, you know, like I'm communicating with my center and making sure our back row and our half are talking as well and working together. Mate, we've had some great centers and wingers play for the club. Raw Putty boys, Tia, Raw Putty, Kevin Edel, Richie Blackmore. You know, you've got Francis Melly, who you remind me a lot of on the wing. Sure. Um, who do you model your game off? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I reckon as a player, I'm still kind of evolving. And I mean, like in terms of finding my feet, I know, know my value as an NRL player and I know what I can bring, I guess. But now, yeah, like, great question. I guess, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm obviously watching a lot of um, footy. Like, I'm a massive footy fan. And obviously coming from Canterbury, Bulldogs, I, um, I like to lean a lot on Brett Morris. Like, Brett... Brett was an awesome winger. In my opinion, one of the best wingers, I reckon the best winger like, to ever play the game, in, like in my opinion. Just the way he played the game and I guess like we've seen all his awesome tries and what, what he did as as a uh, try scorer, I guess, in, in attack. But no one sort of talks about how many tries he saved in defence and his work off the ball. So, you know, I kind of keep in touch with Brett today as well and you know, he's, a, he's been a massive part of where I am today. He's always there to lend it, like, lend a hand and if I want to have a conversation he's always there he's, he's been awesome but yeah probably someone like that you know I mean just the way he played the game in terms of the way he defended like if you go back and watch his games the way he tracked off the ball and stuff like that is massive so but he's saying that too I, I guess like in terms of like the way I want to run the ball is definitely like I know I'm a bit smaller than Manu and yeah. Francis but I like I do want to kind of be a bit aggressive with my carry but sometimes be smart as well right, you're, you're certainly yeah. an aggressive carry mate yeah. hey uh, thanks for talking to us on ECNZ thanks, keep up brother. the good work and uh, well, we, we love watching you play your, your energy is absolutely superb thanks a lot thanks brother appreciate it there you go Marcel Montoya talking with Kimpy last night at the uh, the Warriors season launch Kimpy yeah great uh, exciting play for the Warriors last year really really stood up um and yeah, cool to cool to hear who he models himself off. Brett Morris, of course, who uh, yeah probably is one of the one of the best wingers in the game. So 
he's impressed you, Marcel Montoya. Well, on both sides of the pitch, you know, we've got plenty of energy because you've got Dallin on the other side. Mm. And uh, Dallin was probably the player of the year for me last year with the Warriors. So if they can get that, that question around the defence, and he answered it really well around his centres, his back row and his halves, the, the four players that play on that left edge that he's normally on, it was about having them all in the right spot. Because as we saw again on Sunday, you know, they, they defended really well in the first half, but they let 24 points in in the second half. It's something that Webby will, will address, no doubt, before they kick off against Newcastle. But he just brings that that real positive energy in and around that. I liked what he said about working off the ball, mm. you know, using – and we all had idols that we that we modelled our game off, you know. Eric Groth was one of my huge, huge idols when I was growing up watching him play. Um, and to say that Brenton Morris it was, wasn't was about all the great tries that he scored but was all the work that he did off the football says a lot about the character of the, of the bloke. Yeah. So, you know, when you're playing in high energy, you do tend to make a number of um, forced errors – because you're, you're always playing at 100 miles an hour. But I think for um, Montoya, it's really important that he carries that through the season because it helps everyone else out. So uh, the last trial game there against Melbourne, uh, like you said, pretty impressive first half, went into the break 6-0 up. Uh, I think at half time though, the Warriors had completed at about 40%, the Storm at 60%. Very, very scrappy game. And then, of course, we had the second half that we did. Never read too much into the trials game, but it feels like we got brought back down to reality just a little bit after you know the positivity we got out of the Tigers game. Well, the the disappointing part about it, so, so yes, you're right about trial matches, is that at the half time sit sit down and the and the the crunch with the, when the coach gets to talk to you, he would have said that he said, boys, we're at forty percent, we can't really complete anything and and mount any pressure, we can't build anything, so this is what I need you to do it. Um, when you go out in the second half, and he would have explained what he was looking for, and he would have been really disappointed with what he got. Okay, so I think. The reason why I said it was a really good time for that to happen because now he knows what he has to do before the season kicks off because what happened in that game and the messaging at half time when they didn't go out and deliver is about personnel delivering that message for him. So he, uh, I spoke to Webby last night about settling on a team. He said most of them are settled but there's still guys that need to pick them like I need to pick. Yeah. And I take from that that he's going to pick guys that can del- deliver for him on the field if he gets put in that situation. Double eight, double three. if you want to send a message in for us. Um, you can leave us a comment as well on the Facebook feed and we will pick that up and ask him as the show moves on. Just before we do get to a break, though, Kempi, uh, one other storyline from that last preseason round was, of course, the Panthers going down to St Helens uh, up from the UK in the Super League. And... Look, I, the Panthers' side on paper was one of the strongest they could have fielded. Of course, there was a few players uh, missing, but overall, you know, the likes of Cleary, Luai, Targo, Brian Toto, Stephen Crichton, um, James Fisher-Harris, these guys were all, and Isaiah Yoke, these guys were all on the park. What does that, I guess, say to you? Once again, it's a preseason game, but I think I read somewhere that's the first time that one of the Super League teams has come down and won in Australia. What does it say about maybe where Penrith are at this season, but also the Super League and, and where those teams are at? Well, at the top, like St. Helens is a super club, you know what I mean? So they, they, they've won everything over the last seven years, and to come down here and win that on Australian soil, you've got, like, you've got to tip your hat to them. Remember that Full Gould said that they'd, they'd declare at half-time Penrith. They'd be that, that much better than them. Mm. Mate, they weren't. They never won the run. Like St Helens won the ruck, they won the they won the points um, game on them. They got back into the game Penrith right at the end, but they calmly kicked that field goal. You know, I mean, they had a couple of attempts and calmly kicked that field goal. I thought a couple of the referee decisions against St Helens and that back end of the game were pretty ordinary. Um, but the glaring p- part that was missing for Penrith was Curacao out of dummy half and Kikau on that left edge. Mm. So that left edge did not look threatening, and they. 
decision making out of dummy half for the likes of Fisher Harris. I've never seen Fisher Harris get put on his back so many times, or Leota getting pummeled the way that he did by the St Helen forwards. So if you're a coach watching that, you're saying, right, okay, that's where we win the game. Fisher Harris, Leota, we stop them too, and then the edges aren't that potent. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think Penrith are. Um, they'll still be there this year because they got plenty of depth. They still they still took them to one point. Yeah, but Carousel and Kickout big losses. Yeah, which big is losses. which is what we've been talking about the last few weeks. And um, yeah, certainly showed uh, in that preseason game. Of course, they've lost Taylor May as well for the season, who did an ACL. Yeah, so that uh, that's a big loss for them too. Um, one of their high flyers of twenty twenty two. We'll take a short break. Keep the text coming in on double eight double three. You can give us a call oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We're gonna start uh, or restart our uh, our season preview as we started last week. We went through teams that finished sixteenth, fifteenth, fourteenth, thirteenth, and. 12th, 11th, 10th, I think we went through last week. And we're going to start at 9th uh, this week and then we'll finish it off next week. It's uh, running it straight here on SENZ thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back in a month. 25 minutes past three here on Running It Straight. Sam Hilda alongside Tony Kemp about to restart our season preview for 2023. Just a couple of texts on the Timber Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three, one from Sean says, Arvo, lads, what do you think the refs will be cracking down on in the first couple of rounds? Cheers, let's gone. Ten, 10 metres. So they're trying to keep the ruck clean and keep people away from each other so that they bring more attack back into the game. The, that, the new rule stipulates that both feet have to be behind the referee, whereas you could put one foot behind the referee and, and get a lead into the into mm. the um, speed of the line. Last year, you can't do that no more. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting plenty of penalties in the first round. Yeah, and the scrum as well. Um, so what we saw last season was teams would just break out of the scrum because the only um, repercussion was six again. Well, it was exactly the same as that being the first tackle anyway. Well, that you can, you're not allowed to stop the ball either. So right. they would stop the ball, they would rush off the line and get a penalty. Yep. They, they, you can't do that. So, right. so it's, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be penalty now with the scrum if uh, early release, or it's going to be a, a penalty infringement. So correct, change that one up as well. Um, another one in here from Brian says, Sam and Kempe, are you guys on the backhander to talk the Warriors up, or do you genuinely <laughs> believe what you were saying? Cheers, Brian. It's happy Brian from Christchurch. I'm picking. Um, look, we're not. We're not actually talking football, Brian. We're, we're talking the preparation that uh, Andrew Webster's got them into uh, shape this year and, and the feeling of the club, which we haven't had a chance to have a look at them for the last three years because they've been looking over, overseas. I've always said we reserve it for the first six weeks because I think that you've got to be sitting on the fence to see how it all pans out and whether or not the selections are going to be there for the rest of the year. Mm. Um, so we're not bandwagoning what, what, bandwagon the, the, wagoning the the conversation, what we're saying is, I think Andrew Webbs has done a good job in the off season. Yeah, and we're and certainly we, me and you spoke about this last night. Um, we're not definitely not in the camp of thinking the Warriors are going to win the comp this year. Um, it's going to be a slow build. So, uh, but we are excited about what's ahead of us. Um, keep your texts coming through on double eight double three, uh, and as well, big shout out to everyone watching on Facebook Live, and you can flick us a message on there if you've got any questions or anything you want to bring up. Uh, Kempi and I can discuss. Uh, we'll get through one team, I think, before we get to the news at three thirty. And uh, given we finished in tenth last week, we'll go to ninth on the ladder in twenty twenty two, and that is the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, Coach, of course, by Kevin Walters, and a very disappointing into 2022. Kempi, I remember talking uh, in the commentaries, sort of midway to three quarters through the season, when the Broncos were sitting in fourth place. Mm. They had been your surprise package for the year. They looked like they were potentially in the running for finals football. Although we had a question mark over how long it would last. Adam Reynolds, you know, just 
brought so much to that Brisbane side, fell off the boil towards the end. I think they got two 50-point losses as they rounded out the season. And then, of course, the Raiders uh, win, their, win the last game and propel into, into eighth spot. The Broncos miss out on finals footy. So uh, very disappointing into 2022 for them. Uh, what do you see changing in 2023? Got a couple of players coming in. Reese Walsh, of course, back from the Warriors. Um, and, but they've lost a couple of couple of key guys as well. What are you, what are you predicting for 23? Look, I think the signing of Martin Tapoe in... in uh, the middle with along with Payne Haas um, to allow him to continue to dominate that middle middle part of the park is a big sign. Reese Walsh is going to bring a passing game and a, an, elect, an electricity to to that um, backline, that young backline that the Broncos have. Uh, the the issue that I have at the moment is that there's a lot of off field drama going yep. on through the off season. Yep. Um, we don't need to to bring that up on the radio, but whether or not it, it gives them resilience or or puts their mindset somewhere else is is the question. Uh, and the other thing with the Broncos too is that they always get long turnarounds, so they're always in better shape than a number of teams because of the media deal and the Friday night games and the amount of Friday night games they get. So through the season, and a lot of coaches know this, is well, we get seven-day turnarounds. They will get eight days and nine days on sometimes if they play a Friday-Sunday. Um, so the the season is always set up for the Broncos to go well. I like the I like the Broncos. Mm-hmm. I like the way Kevin Walters is talking about we're, we're basing it on defence. That's what led us down at the back end of last year. We we, we let too many points in. I think um, twenty nine points conceded in twenty one twenty two point nine points conceded last year. So per game. Got, it's per game. They've mm. got to get it under under fifteen. Yep. You know if they if they want to get up the ladder. And I think the signings, Reese Walsh especially, and Martin Tapoe, I think that takes them into the eight. I know they finished ninth last year, but mm. I've got them in the eight this year. So Reese Walsh, you think is going to make a big impact for them? I think he's gonna if he can if he can hit the form they that he have been the missing. Warriors, they sort of have been missing that number one, that star number one. Well, the you last saw couple what of Tamari seasons. Martin did when he when he came in. Okay, so you saw Tamari Martin came in. He went down with an injury late on in the year. Um, wasn't a part of the side. And when he came in and he brought a passing game into that that position that uh, Reynolds re- released Reynolds, mm-hmm. then they went to a different level. But is that see my thing with Tamari Martin because I thought he he did play well, but he was he was a solid player. He was a solid fullback, almost like that sort of Dylan Edwards role with nothing flashy, but just sort of did the job. But so I wonder now with the introduction of Reese Walsh. It's going to go one of two ways, right? It's either going to hamper what Aaron Reynolds is going to try and do because it's going to disrupt the back line or it's going to open up the back line to, to be exciting and flary, etc. The one thing he'll have to eliminate, which he which he was guilty of at the Warriors, is all the errors because I think he led the error count for the entire comp last I, year. I think this, I, Look, I think the situation with Reese Walsh at the Warriors, the Reese Walsh at, at Brisbane is totally different. Mm-hmm. One, he didn't have a, have a halfback that dominated um, this, the middle of the park and, and when they got the ball. And I'll tell you now, Reynolds will not allow him to do that. So he'll get it when he needs it. And the second part of it, it's not New Zealand, it's Brisbane. It's in his backyard and he will not act up like the way he was acting up at that final game for the Warriors here on the sideline when he was trying to get back on, if you remember that. Yep. So I, I think we'll see a different Reese Walsh. And what they do miss is they miss a passing game at fullback. The fullbacks that Brisbane have been using yeah. haven't been able to pass a the ball. They've just been runners. Yeah. So and Tamari Martin added that pass. They went to a different level. Um, so what do you think in twenty twenty three, Kempi? Where have you got them finishing up? I've got the finishing eighth. Yeah. Yeah. I think they. I think they have the team. They were there last year. They they fell off at the back end of the year. I think they're better with Martin Tapo in the middle with Payne Haas. Yeah. And I think Reese Walsh gives them the, gives them the points, some more points to to win some big games. So I think they sneak into the eight. I I've just got a big question mark over the Broncos. So definitely could see them making the top eight, but. I'm putting them in the bracket of the 8, 9, 10, 11 teams that you know, can all be interchangeable. I've said that last week. So I've actually got them in 11th. I've got a couple other teams leapfrobbing them, but could definitely see 
them continue on from last year, but I do have big question marks over, you know, the reintroduction of Reese Walsh, etc. So we'll wait and see. Um, we've got to take a news break here for new sport and weather. Uh, when we come back, we will continue our uh, our preview of the 2023 season and these teams. Uh, it's running it straight here on SCNZ and on Facebook Live. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Welcome back in uh, to running it straight here on SCNZ and on our SCNZ Facebook page. You can drop us a comment uh, if you've got any questions. You can text us double eight double three or phone 0800 150 11 a question just in here from Dave which I'm going to ask you very shortly Kempi but we're going through uh, all 17 NRL teams for 2023 uh, and giving you our season preview uh, starting or going from the ladder based on last year so we're up to number 8 from 2022 and that was the Canberra Raiders who snuck into the 8 in the last game of the season um Key key thing for 2023, Kempi, is they've lost uh, some big names. Josh Hodgson, Adam Elliott, Charles Nicol Clockstad, and Ryan Sutton. They haven't made any major uh, gains or signings. Uh, Danny Levi up from Huddersfield. Ricky Stewart back in charge again. So the Raiders, what do you think in 2023? I sort of feel like they're one of those teams that they had their, their moment in the sun three or four years ago. They didn't quite commit to a full rebuild, and so they're stuck in this middle phase of having a lot of guys there to quality, but not quite having a full seventeen or, or extended squad to you know push a top four in a, in a premiership spot. What do you reckon? Well, we saw last year that they they went on a bit of a run, and Joe Tarpany was very very good uh, in the in the front row with Papali'i, and you had young Xavier Savage at the back that that turned it on, you know, and replacing Chancellor Clockstead, who's come to the Warriors. I think that one in the ladder is really going to hurt. Um, Ricky Stewart, he found that out when Xavier couldn't play. He hasn't really got cover at that. And that crucial position of a number one that needs to run 200-plus metres a game, it's evolved that much, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. um, there's some big... Some big losses. Josh, Josh Hodson in the hooking spot. Adam Elliott, you know, and the tireless work has gone to the Knights. Um, and Ryan Sutton's headed off to the Bulldogs. They're hard players to replace. You know what I mean? So he's gone for Danny Levi's come back from Huddersfield over in England. He's played plenty of football, Danny. You know, he's been around for a long time. So he should be able to get going there and do an adequate job. But I don't think he's built the team enough to, to really um, threaten the, the competition later on this, uh, this year. I still like Joe Tarpany. I think he's probably the best front row we have in the competition at the moment. We yep. saw, and he's hit the ground running in that uh, Māori All-Stars game. So, uh, yeah, Ricky, I'm, I'm picking that probably this will be Ricky's last year. Yeah, I, I sort of feel like we're getting to that point with Ricky Stewart and the Raiders. The other thing as well is... Um, it's not that the Raiders have a bad side. When I'm sort of thinking about where teams are going to finish, it's not that they have a bad side. It's just you can't, I think, put a side like that on paper up against Penrith, um, Sydney, and and legitimately think that they can beat those teams. So um, where have you got them finishing in 2023? I've got them finishing outside the eight. I think they've dropped down a couple of positions and go to 11th. Yeah, I've got them in 12th. So, yeah, not far off you. I, I agree. I think they were lucky to get into that eight last year, let's be honest, and Brisbane did sort of blow it. So I think they hover around that sort of, yeah, 11-12 mark. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, how they get on. The other uh, the other green team, or the, the green and red team, um, and this is one I'm really interested to talk about, Kempe, uh, who finished seventh in 2022, and that is the South Sydney Rabbitohs under Jason Demetrio. Um, this is his uh, second year in charge, of course, in his first year. Um, got them into the finals, which is fantastic. They have for my mind, one of the most consistent sides. So they basically um, have lost a couple of players, not massive names. Um, they haven't really picked up anyone. But, you know, the trio of Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker and uh, Damian Cook, that returns for them once again, a pretty solid forward pack. So I think 
it's an exciting 2023 ahead potentially for the Rabbitohs. And South Juniors, a big club. You know, they, yeah. they, they're pushing through some really good players, some good young players that can can come through and uh, fill, the, fill the squad. But when you look at around, around their spine, especially Damian Cook, uh, Walker, Latrell Mitchell, you know, the the young half that came in last year, Leah Zett, did a really good job for them. I think they go to another level this year, especially Latrell Mitchell. He's now at the maturing um, age of a footballer. Mm-hmm. He's going to be really hard to stop uh, when he when he gets going. He gets a few games under his belt. We didn't see the best of him in the Indigenous game, but, you know, he was obviously not 100%. But I think if they can keep that spine together, for me, they're the slickest side in the competition. Yeah. They can move it from edge to edge their handling is absolutely superb, and they can score tries length of the field. They can they can put long range tries on side. So, I think they're they're there or thereabouts this year fighting for the title. Uh, they're definitely in the top four. Um, the only thing that lets them down is the errors. They do they do have a lot of errors by the way that they play. You know, they they throw caution to the wind, especially on the edges. Mm-hmm. There's some some very cautious passing that goes on. Uh, we remember Walker through the intercept in the final where Crichton scored. Um, to, to, to get that game for Penrith. And we've seen him throw plenty of passes to Latrell Mitchell and, and do the same where they score tries and won games from them. So I'm picking that they, they kick on again. Cody Walker, he's, he's, he's a million dollar five eight for me. He's in the top three. Um, and I think him and Latrell Mitchell will, will definitely take them into that top four this year. Yeah, so you mentioned the errors, of course. The other one is the discipline, and, and Latrell Mitchell is, is the highlight there in terms of missing a lot of games. Um does he play in a way like a Tommy Turbo role in the fact that if he's not in the side, you, you, the chances diminish significantly? Well, they did, he... they did when he didn't play in the grand final. Um, and I think I don't think they're as bad as Manly. You know what I mean? I, but again, you look at Manly on their trial last weekend when they played Sydney City, they didn't have Tommy Turbo and they carved up. Mm. You know, So I think, I think Latrell Mitchell's different to Tommy Turbo where he isn't going to pick up as many injuries as Tommy. Um and the and the the difference with uh, Latrell Mitchell is that his passing game is far superior than Tommy Tommy Turbo's, and it suits South Sydney style of play. Mm. Okay, so where do you have the Rabbitohs finishing in twenty twenty three? Third, interesting. I've got them finishing fourth, um, so I think they do make the top four, um, and I think they're very competitive. I think they've got enough to push sides, and we might see what we saw two years ago, where they're able to upset a Penrith um, or a Sydney in the preliminary finals and and sort of book their spot in a in a grand final. Um, yeah, we will wait and see, but I've got them moving up and in, into fourth. Uh, give us a text on double eight double three. Let us know what you think. Um, you can give us a call as well oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We've got a couple more teams we're going to tick off today, uh, so we'll take a short break. Come back with those very very shortly. You're listening to SCNZ's running it straight on our Facebook Live and here on the radio and on the SCNZ app. Thanks to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. Back with more soon. Welcome back into Running It Straight here on ECNZ, quarter to four. Uh, welcome in if you're watching on the Facebook live stream or listening here on the radio, uh, text 8833. And one quick one that's just come in here, Kimby from Dave says, uh, question for Kimby, um, that has always had me confused. When a team is given a penalty, they will often kick it out and only gain around 10 to 20 metres. Mm. When gaining 40 metres or more from kicks is not that difficult. Thanks from Dave. Yeah, Dave, I, I look, I hear, I was just talking to Sam offline then about a uh, conversation I had with Stace last night because he's the kicking coach down at the Warriors and there's a couple of average kicks to the sideline um, from some young players when they came on and one one of them I reckon went a metre backwards from the position that he that he got the penalty and uh, of course Sean Johnson hit that ball really really well but it didn't go out went way downfield um, it's a fine line when you're kicking that in rugby league because generally 
the, the, the guys, they want to play really quick and they're still huffing and puffing. Mm-hmm. But some guys do it really well, like Nathan Cleary, for instance. When he yep. comes up, he, he belts, belts their boys consistently making good, good metres. But then you get a lot of other um, people that just don't concentrate and lose that concentration in that part um, and just take no metres or, or limited metres just to get the job done. So, yeah. and, I don't, and I don't like that just to get the job done because, man, the, the pressure you can create from if you're on your own, say, 40 or 30 or 40, and you're able to kick it all the way down to, say, they're 20, you've got a full set of six, six and 20 metres as opposed to a full set of six with 60 metres to go. Well, the, um, See, the other, part, the other point I'd like to make about that is that you don't want to have a big kick and start your penalty on the 20 metre line. All right, because the closer you get to the try line, the less they have to go back. Mm, okay. So you want to be working back over the ten meter line to bring them out off the try line, so they have to work back to it. Okay. Okay. So if you can imagine, if you had, you know, five shot, five tackles, two meters out from the try line, it's too easy to to defend. Um, but when you're ten meters out and you're set, and they have to come up ten meters before they make a decision, then that's when the line start, the defensive lines start to split. So, but but when you're coming out of your um, your own red zone, and you're kicking down, and you start. You get a penalty on the thirty, for instance, and you kick it out, and it goes th- to the thirty-five meter line, as opposed to the halfway line. Yeah, then that's a poor kick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's continue our uh, our season preview for twenty twenty three. We've got two more teams to go, um, and then we'll finish up the the rest next Wednesday. Uh, so in sixth place in twenty twenty two, it was the Sydney Roosters, uh, coached under Trent Barrett, and of course their story in twenty twenty two was really how well they did, considering all the injuries and the personnel that they lost throughout the year. Uh, they've of course picked up Brandon Smith. Uh, one of the big signings of the off season, uh, well, last season, uh, and they've uh, but they've lost a couple as well. Uh, Asosia Tukiaho and Daniel Asolokula uh, Fafita, Sam Verrills as well went off to the Titans. Um, but I think 2023, when you look at uh, squads on paper, Kempi, I think the Roosters have one of the best in the comp. So I think 2023 could be a could be a big year for them. A hundred percent, one hundred percent. Brennan Smith coming up from Melbourne is a massive signing for them, yep. especially um, in that number nine position. If he can get him fit and playing 80 minutes, I think it's a game changer for the Roosters. I've watched them through the trials. They haven't been trolling that well, but I think they haven't been playing um, at 100% either. I think they're playing within themselves, waiting for the season to kick off. So uh, you know that um, Robinson can do can do the job. He's been there. He knows how to take them to the finals. They had such a bad run with injuries last year and still finished in sixth position. So uh, they're, they're replacing players that have come in. Matt Lodge, the size, Collins played for Australia. Um, you know, you've got Jared Warrior Hargraves through that middle, so they've got big blokes through that middle. And then Walker and Carey has, has to have a big season. In those two, so so Walker's a young halfback now. Has had a couple of seasons in NRL, yep. and can play football. Yeah, right? he can. Carey has been in and out, so he's had injuries. He hasn't been able to hit some consistency. He's actually getting on to. He's in his thirties now. This is his year, so he needs to have a big season. So for me, the man at the back to disco is arguably one of the best in the world. You've got you've got Carey and Walker up and coming and established halves with Brandon Smith, basically the the one of the best international hookers in the, in the world. So if they can click, I think that the Sydney City... You, you put Joey Manu in there. I was there. just going to say, World, World Rugby League Player of the Year, jo- Joseph yeah. Manu, throwing in the mix you too. Know, you, you, throw, you start throwing Joey Manu in there, you throw Victor Radley, you, they're, they're, back, they're big back rowers, um, then they start to look pretty mean. Yep. You know? So I've, look, I think they're in for a big year. I've actually got them finishing at the top of the table. Yeah, I've got them number one as well. Yeah. The thing with Brandon Smith, I think, is the key here, Kempe, is we saw at the Rugby League World Cup what happens when they try and keep him on for too long. 
Um, so we saw that in the game against Australia where he just did fade off in that last 20 minutes. So probably the, the key for Trent Barrett and the Roosters is how they are able to manage his workload to get the best out of him in an 80-minute game of football and how they adjust when he's off the field. Because I'm assuming they're going to put Jake Turpin probably in, in the number That's nine right. off the bench. So yep. how much of does the game plan change when Brandon Smith's not on the field? Yeah, so it's... You're dead right. It's about using that that half time break wisely because you can get an extra ten minutes break there. And and what Brandon needs to do is he needs to work really hard to make sure that he can stay on the pitch for eighty minutes. And how Melbourne used him as a as a hooker and then a middle player where he could change his energy levels to suit. He has to change his he has to change and preserve his energy levels to last now. Yeah, yeah, true. You know what I mean. So it's not about making those big runs all the time. It's about working as a team over that whole eighty minutes. Can't, can't forget as well. Melbourne had Harry Grant to, to call on, or you know, vice versa. They had a pretty well, pretty good right. tandem. Uh, and we've also you know uh, Joseph Swally and and Daniel Tupot as well on the wings. I mean, Mate, they, got, just they got a strike. All over, yeah. They got strike all it's, over. It's, the it's a phenomenal roster. I, I I do have them as number one. Can be. I think the injuries is, is going to be. The big one. We've got one more team to go. Uh, it is the Melbourne Storm. They finished fifth in 2022. What we're going to do is we're going to take one more break and we will finish the show talking about Melbourne taking up until the run home comes in at four o'clock. Stay with us. Yeah, welcome back into running it straight, not far away from four o'clock and then the run home are going to take over. We've got one more team to get through this week before we round it out next week. And it is the Storm who finished fifth in 2022 coming into the season and probably... I would say the most intriguing team of 2023, Kempi, because Craig Bellamy is signed on for one more year. Uh, this could be his swan song. They've lost a lot of uh, force and talent. Brandon Smith, Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, uh, Felice Kafusi as well. Um, so a lot of pieces pulled out of the puzzle. Um, and then, of course, the big injuries. Uh, Ryan Pappenhausen, who I believe this week even shirked at the idea of being ready in about six to eight weeks. So he, he could be you know half a season to three quarters of the season out. So... Very, very interesting times in Melbourne and uh, and how, I guess, the team inside is going to evolve. Uh, 12 straight years in the NRL finals. Um, is is that going to come to an end, do you think, in 2023? No, no, no. I still think they're going to be there. They, you, you, you throw the um, the Melbourne Storm to the walls at your own peril. You know, Bellamy is too good a coach. Their, their culture is too good a culture for players to, to go down there and not perform. And and I haven't mentioned once this week about Elisa uh, uh, Couture yeah. and the way that he played for Melbourne uh, against his old team, the Warriors. What a loss that big kid is out there on the right. He's slipped into uh, Kafusi's, um position quite easily and looked really good running onto that ball and scoring that try. So um, I think like for like with that 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 change, I think Brandon Smith is a massive loss coming off the bench in the middle of the middle of the pitch. And the seniority in and around the Bromwich brothers and Kafusi leaving, along with Brandon Smith, is what they really miss. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when they were completing at 60% at half time, that would never happen with those guys on the football field. Mm. They knew when to carry, they knew how to lock a ball up, and they knew how to get to the back end of a set of six. Peppenhausen and having him out for eight weeks is um, always going to be an issue because of the amount of points that he scores. And the amount of games that he can win for teams, you know. Harry Grant getting out of dummy half, he still looks really good. Nelson Sefa uh, Solomon are playing at uh, number eight. And no, I don't think he's going to sign for Australia. I think he's using that as a ploy to, to get his contract uh, pushed up by, by other clubs because we have a number of offers on the table. Uh, he'll, he'll definitely stay in rugby league. Um, I think I think they still have the players there to get them through uh, to the semis. But I'm actually going to throw one out. I don't think they make the four. No. Nah. I think they make the eight. Yeah, I've got them in seventh. 
Yeah, I've got them the same. Yeah, I've got them in seventh this year. So they do make the eight, but uh, yeah, it could be the end of an era following Bellamy's departure. We've only got about a minute left, Kempe, but uh, who, who has to step up then into those senior roles this year for them? You know, obviously, you mentioned the Bromwich boys, um, and I mean, Brandon Smith has been around for a couple of years here, but Felice Kafusi as well. Who who are, their, who are the guys on the park that are really going to have to take a game by the scruff of the neck and lead that Melbourne team? I look, I, I think Harry Grant. You've got Munster there. He's He's... Signed and, and sealed. Um, you got Jerome Hughes, so that's fine. But I think Harry Grant is a future Australian captain, so I think he's got he's going to have to step up and play a big part this year. Mm, okay, well there you go. That is brings us to the top four next Wednesday. The top four from twenty twenty two. How they're going to fare in twenty twenty three? We of course haven't covered off the Warriors, which we will do as well. And I think we've also got to get through the Redcliffe Dolphins. So still plenty more to come next Wednesday. But that is us for another week here on Running It Straight. Uh, big shout out to everyone watching on. Facebook Live. We're hoping to do that each week too, which is a, a cool little feature. And of course, a big shout out to South Seas Healthcare, Auckland's largest Pacific wellbeing service provider. That's it for me and Kempe. First game not far away in the 2023 NRL season as well. We've got live call here across SENZ. The run home up next.